All right, welcome to the Big Action Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as I'm recording this pretty late after the Denver Nuggets take on the Cleveland Cavaliers and lose uh, a, a pretty ugly game, to be frank. This was the first game that I attended this season. I wasn't able to go to the preseason game, got sick for the previous game, but healthy, got back into it, and was pretty happy with things up until the actual opening tip where it was pretty clear from the jump that the Nuggets just didn't have the energy and the want to and the execution in order to come away with a victory today against an inferior opponent. So I'm not surprised that this happened. I I think anybody that listened to uh, my podcast, that listened to just, just what I was saying on Twitter earlier today, that not a surprise in any way, shape, or form that the Nuggets lost this game. They like to look ahead. They like to get lax. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers have actually been that team for them on previous occasions where they don't take them seriously. And then Denver scores 87 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Nuggets have a turnover problem, and that has really cropped up over the course of these first three games. They haven't been under 20, I don't believe, in any of the three contests. And it is killing, absolutely killing Denver. Uh, It doesn't help that they are shooting archaic percentages from three. It doesn't help that the entire team seems to be going through shooting slumps every now and again. But right now, like I am mostly concerned with the turnovers. I'm mostly concerned with how Denver's offense looks because it doesn't look good. So let's start with that. First segment, we'll start with that, especially with the starters and with Michael Porter, who it it just, it good, good God, the vibes are bad around his role, around what he's doing, around what he's like, the the frame of mind around how the team is supposed to be acting with him uh, and how he is responding to it. Uh, then bench unit in the second segment, which continues to be a problem. And then third segments, we'll, we'll kind of circle back on the three most important things and look ahead to tomorrow against Utah. 15 turnovers by the starting unit alone tonight. Uh, Nikola Jokic had six. I thought that he was imprecise tonight. Uh, he did have 24 points on 15 shots. He did have 19 rebounds. Did have three steals, and I thought played pretty decent defense out there. But he only had three assists, and he had six turnovers. And it didn't necessarily feel like he was all the way locked in um, to what his teammates wanted and to what he wanted his teammates to do. Uh, Various cuts, various passes that he made I didn't think were very crisp. Uh, He has had this problem in the past at times where trying to make certain plays, uh, he's u- he's usually so good at getting the ball to where it needs to go that it's pretty loud when his passing is off, when he's imprecise, when he is late on certain passes. And he had actually a couple today where he was trying to fire a pass to Michael Porter in the corner and it was just picked off, just just completely taken, uh, because it was either not as speedy as it needed to be, the read was bad, whatever the case may be. Uh, he had a couple of turnovers where 
he was just trying to read the defense and made the wrong read. And that doesn't usually happen. So I'm not going to dabble or I'm not going to dilly dally on Jokic because when you collect 19 rebounds and you collect three steals and you score 24 points on 15 shots, including five of six from the free throw line, you're not my main focus. Now, Jokic is definitely not the problem. Uh, He will be perfectly fine going forward. But the rest of the unit around him is just sort of a mess, um, outside of possibly Will Barton. Uh, let's start with Barton, actually. He spoke post-game and said that he wanted to be more of a playmaker. He wanted to be a high-assist guy, somebody who generated good offense for others, and that when he put together high-assist games in each of the first two games, Denver had won. And when he had been a low-assist guy tonight, only gets one assist, then the Nuggets lose. Now, some of that is because Denver just didn't really capitalize on enough opportunities. They didn't shoot the ball efficiently. It was not a good offensive night for Denver shooting the ball. They shot 23.7% from the three-point line, 9 of 38. But Barton also needs to be in that frame of mind where he is the primary point guard on the team. He said that he wants that responsibility, that a guy like Michael Porter, who's struggling to find the rhythm on his shots right now, Will Barton can be the guy who helps get him in rhythm, who helps find him on certain plays so that Michael Porter can get into rhythm himself. That's a a great idea. I would love to see it because Michael Porter has been so bad, just kind of a mess in a lot of aspects to start this year. But yeah, Barton goes 12 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. Didn't start off very efficiently, but but finished up a lot better. Uh, Two rebounds, one assist, two steals, two blocks two turnovers. He was giving hustle out there. He was not letting Colin Sexton go at him. Uh, Sexton hit a couple threes, but not necessarily against Barton. Uh, The guards for the Cavs were not the reason why Denver lost tonight. They lost the battle in the front court, which is pretty bad when you consider how much money Denver has invested in Porter, Gordon, and Jokic, where those guys have to be the anchors of the team, especially with Murray out. Barton's having to take on such a responsibility here because those guys are underwhelming, Porter and Gordon especially. Start with Porter. 11 points, 4 of 14 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3, 1 of 4 from 2. Didn't get to the free throw line at all. Did have three three assists, did have a steal and a block. So there was some good activity there uh, where you like what you see on some occasions. He plays, he'll have these, he'll have these possessions where he's playing with pace, he's being active, he's moving the ball, he's actually making good reads. And then he'll have possessions where like the the opening possession of the third quarter, I think, is a pretty good encapsulation. Denver runs a play for him. They try to get him the ball, and he does get the ball on the, the pet play that they run. It's a back screen for Aaron Gordon, and then Michael Porter slips the screen and immediately comes and gets a handoff for from Nikola Jokic, kind of wrapping around him on the left elbow. 
he gets it. They switch. He gets Jared Allen on him. And I think Jokic gets Lowry Markkinen. And then Porter doesn't necessarily go anywhere, but he relocates and Jokic finds him again with an opportunity to score against Jared Allen. And Porter just kind of takes the ball and chucks it up at the rim as it's kind of a, a fadeaway shot from 25 feet with a seven-footer on him. That's not good offense. That's not a good possession, especially when there's time on the clock in order to still do some stuff or for him to just kind of take his time and develop a a better looking shot than something where he just kind of turns and fires at an angle. It just seems like he's out of sorts. It seems like he doesn't know where his shots are going to come. And so when he does get an opportunity, he's going to get those shots up. And it's bad offense. And he is one of the main reasons why Denver's offense has not performed the way that it has. Because so many of the possessions that he had last season, he was taking advantage of the attention that Nikola Jokic received, that anybody else received on the floor, and then would find his spots and hit his shots. Right now, he has no spot. Right now, he has no pet plays, pet possessions where Denver can go to other than the play that they tried to run for him out of the third quarter. They tried to get him involved. They tried to get him hot. And he bricked that one. He bricked another one. He bricked another three. He was not on. And he just kept shooting, which is what you want shooters to do. But I just don't think that what he's doing right now is conducive of good offense for Denver. And the numbers bear that out. Aaron Gordon, uh, we should definitely talk about him because 5 of 14, 1 of 5 from 3. He was pretty aggressive from behind the three-point line tonight and pretty aggressive at the rim as well. Uh, I was pretty surprised with how confident he was with his jumper for somebody that doesn't necessarily shoot the ball very well. Hit a nice in-rhythm 3, kind of off of a a little bit of movement, but a shot that he needed to hit in a catch-and-shoot catch and scenario, it was good to see, good to see it drop. But then he dribbles down the floor and takes a pull-up three in transition. He kind of just gets very confident, takes early shot clock threes, despite the fact that Denver can work for a much better shot. And if they're working for an Aaron Gordon three, then that's not good half-court offense either. Like The most Aaron Gordon is likely to shoot is about 35% from three. He's shown that he's inconsistent. He has shown that he has not had the capability to be a consistent three-point shooter on high volume. Occasionally, he'll have a good game, but he can't sustain it, hasn't sustained it throughout his entire career. So when the offense is working for Aaron Gordon threes, especially ones that are on the wing, not on the corners, then what are we really doing here? What are we really trying to accomplish? It's it's not good process. I just think it's a misallocation of what Denver needs their guys to do. In addition, Gordon 
struggled to finish around the rim a bit tonight. He did have a couple of possessions going to the rim for an and one over Jared Allen, over Evan Evan Mobley in the first quarter. But that was it. Really struggled other than that to finish around the rim. That's not going to help Denver's efficiency. And Monte Morris. Uh, Not a lot to say about Monte Morris because he's not very involved. Uh, Two points, one of four from the field, six assists, two turnovers. Much more of a background facilitator tonight. But getting up four shots in 27 minutes is not going to help anybody. It's not going to... It's not going to be endearing to Nuggets fans where you have to be aggressive. You have to be confident in your shots. And I'm just not sure I know what Monte's role is with the starting units. And I'm not sure he really knows either. He's been trying to fill in the gaps and he's been trying to uh, be the player that they need when the need arises. And I thought he did a good job of that against uh, the Suns where he hit multiple threes. I thought he did a decent job of that against the Spurs, where Porter and Gordon were struggling again, and he stepped up as one of the the lead shot guys in that game. And you like to see that. You like to see Monte stepping up in those situations, being confident in himself, and knowing that he has a place in that system. And then he takes four shots tonight. I'm not really sure what the plan is. I'm not really sure what the vision is for Denver's offense. I think it's about Jokic taking 15 to 18 shots, Porter taking 15 to 18 shots, Barton taking about 10, Morris and Gordon taking about 8. And sometimes you're going to fluctuate above and below that, don't get me wrong. But I couldn't tell you a single possession that Morris had tonight other than two in a row where he made mistakes. One of them, the only three that he took, was a step back over Jared Allen in transition for three. Which, come on, man. That's not the best shot you can get at that situation in the middle of the fourth quarter when Denver's trying to pull a comeback. And then the next one, he dribbles out of bounds. Steps out of bounds. One of the two. Mistake prone, which was not something you would think to say about Monte Morris. Not a lot of good signs from Denver's starting unit. And I don't know if it's going to get better before it gets worse. Because Denver, they, they are still trying to figure out what their identity is without Jamal Murray. And I'm not sure that they know. It's looked different in all of these three games. Sometimes Porter's shooting, sometimes Barton's shooting. Gordon's taking 14 shots. Jokic is taking 15 shots tonight, where he probably needed to take more. It just looks very weird. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench unit. But first, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. As you know, I love DraftKings. They have been extremely supportive of the program. They know exactly how to get the most out of good betting. Uh, And if you are interested in the lines, they have already come out for Denver 
in tomorrow's game. Uh, the Nuggets are plus seven. Or no, the, the line is minus seven in favor of Utah. Uh, so Denver, if you're if you're interested in betting on that spread, plus seven. Matt Moore says that you probably should take that. And given that he's at the Action Network, you, you could probably make that work. Um, and then you've got the spread. You've got the over-under. You've got the money line. There are lots of ways to make money on this Nuggets team. And right now, I would bet the under on threes because Denver's three-point shooting just doesn't look very good. But if you're interested in trying to see what's going on over at DraftKings, then make sure to use promo code MHS when you sign up. Let's them know that you came from me. Let's them know that you're having a good time listening to this podcast. And I would genuinely appreciate that. Again, MHS when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wagers uh, paid out in site credits sometimes. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all of the love and support over the course of this time. Uh, the Nuggets, they they just keep going back to that uh, that old bench unit, eh? It's uh, it is looking bleak for that unit. Uh, the Nuggets, as bad as the starters were tonight. Sometimes you get into a position where the bench can save you, where the bench can give you a boost in these situations. And I have been like so far from Denver's bench giving them a boost that it is just kind of absurd how bad they have been and how consistently bad they have been. Very few quarters where they have really pulled their weight. And there was one or at least a, a period, the, their stint that they had during this game where it looked like they were going to have a good positive outing. But it didn't initially look like that was going to happen. It, it was going to be Faku, Rivers, Dozier, Green and Green, the, the usual lineup. And then P.J. Dozier picks up two two quick fouls. Denver's uh, energy is not great. And Michael Malone, and I think was a a really good, shrewd move, uh, benched P.J. Dozier and instead put in Bones Highland. Gave him an opportunity to go out there and make an impact. And against a team in the Cleveland Cavaliers where... They don't have big wings that can really take advantage of Denver's size. They, they're they a, a guard and big heavy team. That was a good matchup for Bones Highland to go out there uh, to prove himself. And I thought that he did. I thought that he had a really good stint in that first half. It was only seven minutes. It was a, a brief amount of time where he was out there, but spent a little bit of time with the all-bench unit, spent just a little bit of time with Jokic and um, Faku was out there for the entire time as well with him. And I thought that there was some pretty good chemistry. Bones had some good moments where he ran offense, but he also was off ball at times. And there was a really nice play. Um, he got his first points on a pick and roll 
where the Nuggets put him into a position where he could navigate the screen, and he navigated it expertly, and then pulled up in mid-range at the spot where there was really the only free spot that he was going to get on the court, and he found the open spot, and he hit the shot, and he did it very calmly. Now, this was after he had just completely airballed a three uh, by throwing it off the backboard from about 27 to 30 feet out on his previous shots, so he, he got to calm down a little bit. But when he did calm down, he hit his first bucket. It was really nice. And then there was one play that I was talking about. Faku uh, uses Austin Rivers as a screener. Austin Rivers rolls, and Faku puts the ball between Isaac Okoro's legs on the way to Austin Rivers, who initially wants to go up for a layup but realizes the defense has collapsed on him, kicks it out to Bones, Bones confidently hits the three, calmly, collectively. It was great. You like to see that from Bones Highland, and I don't think that he was picked at. He was picked on defensively in any way, shape, or form. Colin Sexton went at him a little bit. Um, some of the Cavs wanted to put him in motion, wanted to put him in a situation where he would be in a difficult spot, but he never was. He did a great job, and and I really like what I saw from Bones Highland. And he only played in that first half up until the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter where Denver, they were just looking for a shot of energy, and Michael Mullen was throwing a Hail Mary at that point. And then Denver butchers a defensive possession. Michael Malone immediately calls timeout and is like, okay, garbage lineup, get out there. And Bones hit another shot while he was out there, uh, did some other good things. But what really stands out is that Bones was out there and the bench looked more healthy. They looked like they had somebody else who could get to the rim, who could navigate screens, and who could be an actual scorer and playmaker for others. And it's no surprise that his first bucket comes on a possession where he's running the pick and roll. Because that's what he's very, very good at. And Denver needs that. Now, he wasn't out there in the second half until garbage time, as I said. Faku made a three in the first half. And then he was dormant for the rest of the half. Or for the rest of the game. From a from a shooting perspective. Had a couple of nice passes here or there. But for the most part, Faku was a non-factor. He did get into a tough uh, tiff with Ricky Rubio, and that's fine. But Denver never really like they never really fed off of that energy, and I don't think that it was actually pretty healthy. Like I, I don't think it motivated them in any way, shape, or form that Faku got into a tiff with Ricky Rubio. Um, the bench was positive in the first half; they were plus five. And a lot of that had to do with Bones being out there. In the second half, they were, uh, let me check. They were minus 10 in the all bench minutes. And Faku wasn't, or no, Bones wasn't out there. Uh, Denver didn't have any offense. Jamichael Green and Jeff Green, they had foul issues tonight. They each had three apiece, including several offensive screening fouls. Apparently, the refs told the Greens that they aren't giving those defenders enough time to react to the screen 
and are still moving just a little bit. And that's why they're being called, but they're being called excessively, in my opinion. I think there's a balance between calling the offensive foul and just ruining a player's career, which it seems like the, the screening fouls have really ruined Jamichael Green's time in Denver. Um, but here is the list of plays. Denver had seven offensive possessions with the bench in the fourth quarter, just seven, before they decided to bring back in Nikola Jokic. He left with 30 seconds in the third, came back with about 9.08 in the fourth. Jamichael Green got hit with a screening foul. Denver missed a buzzer beater. P.J. Dozier had a fast break dunk after a good defensive possession. Jeff Green missed a late shot clock iso. Jamichael Green got hit with a second screening foul. Austin Rivers got blocked twice into oblivion on two isolation plays in a row. And then Jeff Green got to the free throw line. That is basically two of seven on successful possessions. Two out of seven times, Denver was able to get a good shot, get a good look. And both times it worked. But the other five times, they weren't even able to get a good shot off. It was just despicable offense. It ruined Denver's game flow. The game was 72-70 to 70 Cavs before that. And then after, when Nikola Jokic came back in, it was 85-73. to 73. Uh, What was basically a tie game immediately became an, a heavy advantage to the Cavs. Denver scored three points on seven possessions before Nikola Jokic returned to the game. It's pretty bad. Austin Rivers has been a disaster since he's been out there. He is shooting 0% from the three-point line. And from two, it's really not much better. It's not all his fault, but the fact is that he has had chances. Michael Malone, the Nuggets, they have given him chances to succeed, and he has failed. He has not been able to produce. He has not been able to make an impact on either end of the floor. And that's just not going to fly. Faka Capazzo shooting 12% from three. The Greens, they're fundamental. They have good games here or there. But they're not going to be dynamic. And Jeff Green, when his shot isn't going down, um, it is pretty disappointing how low of an impact each of those guys can make rebounding the basketball. Jamichael Green's better. He's proven to be better. But Jeff Green has grabbed one rebound, zero rebounds, and I I think it was either one or two rebounds in the first game against the Suns. Averaging basically one rebound a game off the bench. Denver can't have that. They need to be owning the glass. And the fact that they aren't in those cases Uh, it's one of the things that made them a good team that is making them a bad team on the bench right now. So Denver's got to figure it out. They've got to figure out a solution. They've got to figure out a game plan. I don't know what the offensive game plan is right now with that group, but it's getting ridiculous. They need bones or a starter. 
whether it's Monte Morris, whether it's Will Barton, whether it's Michael Porter, they need somebody to help them because they are currently losing Denver basketball games. And they're certainly not winning them for Denver. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the great issues for this Nuggets team. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's on a loss. I know you're probably not super excited about tuning into a, a loser's podcast uh, for for Denver tonight. But if you're here, thank you very much. Really appreciate you. Uh, you help grow the program. You help make this a better place for me. So thank you so much. All right. The three issues that are facing Denver. The bench half-court offense, as I mentioned. The turnovers. Sorry, Matt Moore is blowing up my phone right now. Um, Probably to talk about Michael Porter. So one is the bench half-court offense, two is the turnovers, three is the MPJ shots. I think the Michael Porter Jr. shots are a sneaky big one but I'm going to leave that till last. The bench half-court offense, as I mentioned, I've spoken about this on several podcasts. You probably don't have to... uh, I I don't have to uh, belabor this. They have been really bad. They have really, really struggled. And the reason is that they don't have a fundamental way to score. Their fundamental way right now, their method, is a pick-and-pop with... Faku Campazo, and one of Jeff Green or Jamichael Green, most likely Jamichael. Now, when Jamichael Green isn't hitting shots, he missed shots tonight. He actually, uh, the reason why Austin Rivers got blocked into oblivion was because Jamichael Green passed up an open three. He moved the ball over to Austin Rivers, put him in a situation where he had to ISO against a difficult matchup in Isaac Okoro, and Jamichael Green is not like he'll get the he'll probably look at that on film and be like, that's on me because he gave up the open shot. He has to be confident. Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, they both have to hit their threes for the bench offense to work. And tonight, each of them went 0 of 3. So it was obviously not going to work. So if the fundamental strategy of Denver's game plan is not working, then you have to come up with a new strategy. You have to come up with a new method of scoring, of taking shots, of creating offense. And I do think that Bones Highland operating in the pick and roll, operating in the pick and pop, navigating screens, getting to his spots on the floor is a much better method and surprisingly, because he's a rookie, a much more sustainable method than whatever the hell the plan is right now. 
So that's number one. And I'm not going to belabor it. I, I spent a lot of time talking about it. I think that Bones has to play. Uh, the way that he played tonight, the way that Austin Rivers has played so far this year, uh, with Faku shooting the way that he is, with PJ not necessarily like I, I don't know what PJ's role is with that group right now because they want Faku to be the guy controlling things. And PJ's just kind of chilling. I think Bones has to play. Plain and simple. If he doesn't, then I'll be surprised. I think he plays tomorrow. Number two, the turnovers. Oftentimes, turnovers are due to a they're due to a variety of factors. Sometimes it's just not being focused. Sometimes you you barrel over somebody on offense because your attention to detail isn't great. You don't realize that they're taking a charge in time. And that's what happened to Aaron Gordon. That's what happened to Michael Porter. Uh, it's happened to Jeff and Jamichael Green. It's happened to a variety of guys. Sometimes you get the screening fouls, moving too early, moving uh, into the pick. That's timing. That's attention to detail. That's not good. Sometimes you'll get it with Jokic, where he turns the ball over and he has more free reign to do this because he's the primary playmaker. He's the guy that everything runs through. But you want to see if you could keep his under five every game. When it gets over five, when it gets over four, really, uh, then you start to open your eyes a little bit. But it's when Aaron Gordon loses the ball in transition. It's when Michael Porter travels because his spacing on a fast break and running up the back of Nikola Jokic. Uh, it's when those happen. It's when the unforced errors happen. The absolutely asinine plays that just lead to either runouts or missed opportunities or you take points off the board because of your lack of focus and it's going to absolutely kill Denver. So far, they have not been focused. They have not had attention to detail. The three has not dropped, but they still have to take those, at least the good threes. There are bad threes and good threes. They have to take the good threes. If they're settling for bad threes, that's one thing. I thought they settled for a couple tonight, but there were also turnovers that happened because Denver was too pass happy. They were trying too hard to get an A-plus look when they missed a bunch of B-plus, A-minus looks in the process. Now, I, I don't blame offenses for trying to work for an A-plus shot, but it feels like Denver doesn't know what a good shot is versus a bad shot right now. They are still trying to figure that out, and in the process, they are just ruining their turnover category. They are the worst turnover team in the league right now. It's not really close. Finally, the Michael Porter stuff. This is going to be key, and this is not a surprise that after he struggled a little bit to find his spots in the preseason, that he's also struggling in the regular season. 
I've said on this podcast that I thought that he would struggle for the first 10, 15, 20 games. And that's really borne out. He's currently averaging about like 10 points per game as a result. He is a better shooter than he has shown. He is a better creator and more talented player than what he has produced so far. It's not all on him, but some of this is on him too, where he settles for the bad looks, where he settles for the shots that aren't supposed to be his shots, or he just catches and fires without having a lot of patience. I hope he realizes that if he slows down, has patience, turns and faces his defender, and either shoots over them or makes a simple move, then he'll more often than not get a good, better shot even than what he has had so far this year. A lot of the shots that he's had have been rushed. He's wanted to find the rhythm. He's wanted to find the open shot. And while he wants to be Steph Curry in a lot of these cases, where he's running off of screens where he's doing his best to move off-ball, being one of the best off-ball movers in the entire NBA, creating shots for himself. It only matters if you make it. It only matters if you're dragging the defense away from other people and then creating for those players. There was one possession in the Phoenix Suns game where he was doing just that, where he was leveraging his gravity as a shooter his ability to draw multiple defenders. And he used that to then hit Nikola Jokic for an easy duck. It might have been a layup because it's Nikola, but hit him for an easy shot. Nothing has been easy so far for Michael Porter. He is not making things easy for himself. And I believe that the Nuggets are trying to make things easier for him, but I don't think that he is responding well. And I think it has affected the rest of his game. The offense is not great. I'm looking forward to the the breakout game where he starts to play a lot better. But it's going to take a little bit of time. I think he's, he's still out of whack. All right, final thing here. The Utah Jazz, that's what's next on the, on the clock. They have a second night of a back-to-back, and um, yeah, second night of a back-to-back, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Matt Moore thinks that they'll win, uh, or at least cover. I'm definitely less confident for sure, um, but yeah, I'm hoping that things get better. This team has the capability, of course to be able to turn things around on a whim. They've been that team before where they look like they're way worse than they actually are. And then they hit 23s and things look a lot better when they do. So maybe they just need a a fresh start. Maybe they just need to blend uh, Rudy Gobert into a blender. Um, Just puree him as much as they possibly can. Um, Maybe that happens. 
and maybe Denver gets shellacked. And if they get shellacked on national TV, hopefully it's the wake-up call that they need. If not, if it's a close game, if it's competitive, if they function a lot better, that still accomplishes a lot of the same stuff. That's the great thing about a back-to-back. You have to forget. You have to get past whatever the hell happened the night before. And they will. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure to use promo code MHS when you sign up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it, especially on this ugly loss. Uh, hopefully, I was able to verbalize a lot of what you're, th- what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And hopefully, you, uh, you subscribe to the pod. You follow what I do and continue to follow what's going on over at denverstiffs.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you.